What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Mike Janella Show. I'm your host, Mike. Obviously, this is my 79th podcast episode. Hopefully, it won't be my last. Something special today. World Cup is coming up this week, and I'm going. I'm going to be in Russia. I'm recording this on Tuesday. I leave on Thursday, but I wanted to get you guys one more podcast episode before I headed overseas, because who knows? They may not let me back in the country after I spend two weeks in Russia, so uh, hopefully they do, but before I go, I want to leave you guys with one more episode. We're doing something special today. You may hear some police sirens. You may hear some rustling wind. You may hear some birds chirping. That's because today, it's gorgeous. I'm here on a beautiful 71-degree afternoon in Jersey City. Not a cloud in the sky. It's like beautiful postcard kind of weather. So I figured because I don't have a guest this week that's also special, I'd come out here and just chat in nature. And so if you hear the FedEx guy come by or like a fire truck or whatever, guys, that's part of what you're getting this week, all right? So it should be fun. Um, This is a special week because I do not have a guest. Normally I do, but... With World Cup prep and planning and some other jobs I've been doing, it was just impossible for me to get somebody uh, on the show this week. So what I did was I pitched out to you guys. I asked for questions from the audience across all my social media, and I got some great ones. So we're going to do like a, a mailbag, like a fun fan question and answer session today. So we're going to get to those in a second. We're talking Miss America, um, the Padres, my love life, um, Guinness World Records, a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, But first things first, I start every episode, and this will be no different, with Don't Get It Twisted. And it's about this week. Um, Now, podcasting's not that difficult, right? Like, I'm right here in my sandals, sitting on my porch, uh, just chilling, plugging my microphone, upload my file, hit publish, and boom, you've got yourself a podcast somewhere. But Don't Get It Twisted guest booking is extremely hard and that's why i wasn't able to get someone for this week um you know the last episode skylar asked and my most famous guest yet that was like a month and a half in the making or the couple guests i had before that you know brian patterson the writer for riverdale we've been talking for literally a year uh it took that long to finally mesh our schedules and get them on the show so uh getting guests is not easy and i had a very huge time crunch leading into the world cup uh to try and book someone didn't work so uh my bad if you're uh, sick of just hearing me already but if you're here for me this is gonna be a fun show guys all right so let's get to it don't forget to tell all your friends to subscribe like download we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, Google Play Music, anywhere you hear podcasts, you can find The Mike Janela Show. So go out and tell everyone you know, because that's being a good friend for you, for me, and for them. All right, let's get to it, and we've got a bunch of questions, and we're going to start by getting topical. This one from Christina Thompson, who hit me up on Facebook. She says, this is probably already played out, but thoughts on Miss America ditching the swimsuit competition? or how else they could judge, quote-unquote, physical fitness. Now, Christina, uh, someone that I worked with years ago, she was actually a Miss America contestant. I think she was Miss Wisconsin in 2008, something like that. I should have researched this before I started podcasting. Um, I'm Googling right now as we speak. Um, Yeah, she was yeah Miss Wisconsin 2008, 2007, sorry. Miss Wisconsin 2007, Christina. So she's very much... uh, into this world what do i think about it honestly i really don't have an opinion i know some people were like 
oh, this is taking away everything Miss America is about. You have those creepers that just like seeing scantily clad women on TV, and they're like, what is this America? This is not the America I grew up in. Then you have, obviously, probably where I lean more toward this now uh, feminist movement, where if you don't want to be wearing a two-piece swimsuit on national TV with millions of people watching you, uh, you shouldn't have to. So I've heard all these different arguments for it. And to be honest, I mean, whatever the organization wants, whatever the contestants are comfortable with, that's what my thoughts are. Like, you know, I understand that if this is something that people don't feel comfortable doing anymore just because it's been around for 100 years, tradition is no excuse to keep something up that people may feel uncomfortable with or may not be behind. I mean slavery right like that was tradition for hundreds of years it was never a good idea doesn't mean that it shouldn't have been abolished eventually so not to compare one to the other here it's very severely apples and oranges but you know i don't really have a personal opinion on it except for whatever people want to do that makes them feel comfortable that should be what they want to do and it seems like this organization and gretchen carlson is the president of it now i think she's very adamant that this is something that her constituency is all about so I'm down for it. Um, the fitness thing is interesting because I, I never thought of that, how you could be using the swimsuit competition to judge someone's fitness based on how fit their body looks, I suppose. Um, and I, I was Googling and researching this part of it, and I found a New York Times article about the story. And what they said was that, quote, the organization's leaders, Miss America, that is, have said for more than 20 years they had thought about altering the swimsuit competition. Until recently, though, they continued to defend it, asserting that the competition is about poise in uncomfortable situations and fitness, not thinness. I get it in a vacuum, but like, why are we putting people in uncomfortable situations to begin with? That just seems like something if you can avoid it, then you should, especially when that uncomfortable situation is being ogled and judged potentially by millions of people in wearing nothing but a swimsuit. So, um, I don't know, obstacle course? burpees like i don't know how else to to measure fitness that's also a very subjective thing to do but uh, no swimsuit competition i'm honestly not going to lose any sleep over it and if it's what the majority of people want then i totally get it and for all the intricacies i know like the state level competitions are now freaking out about how are we going to uh, change our competitions and stuff like that logistically i'm sure it's a nightmare uh, but if this is the better change and the better progress for the long term of our culture then you know what? Deal with some logistical issues for the next year or two for a much better long-term thing. All right, now some questions about something that, uh, unfortunately, will probably never include a Miss America contestant. My love life. Um, yeah, I threw it out there. I'm like, hey, guys, you want to ask me about dating or my love life? Go for it. Uh, this was an anything-on-the-table kind of thing. And, of course, uh, my grandma, the sweetest, uh, she commented, this is also on my Facebook, my professional page, uh, your love life, huh? Tell me all about it. Well, Grandma, there's not much to tell. Um, and my, my grandma, she is the best. Uh, anytime I post something on my professional Facebook page, I don't have much traction there. Only a couple, like, hundred people uh, following it. So if you're listening to this and you don't follow me on my professional Facebook page, please do. Uh, Facebook.com slash Mike Janella. But Grandma will inevitably uh, comment on pretty much everything I put out there. So I appreciate the support. But um, love life. It's hard, man. Dating's hard. Um, I, you know, I live in Jersey City. I work in New York City mostly, Manhattan. So it's all the apps you're here. You know, I've done Hinge, Bumble, Tinder, OkCupid. Okay uh, there's another one I'm probably forgetting. Uh, I might have said Tinder already. Who knows? But yeah, you do that. It's like an easy way to meet women. But then 
the success rate of just chemistry and meeting someone you actually like, it's tough. And knowing you have so many other options out there, as soon as something goes wrong or it's not to your liking, and this goes both ways for me and for whoever I'm dating, sometimes they tell me, like, ah, I wasn't feeling it. And after one date, you're not feeling it? Well, there's a million other people out there, literally, here in our city to go for it. So it's tough. Uh, but right now, you know, heading to Russia, like I said, World Cup, I'm going to all the three Portugal games. Maybe I'll meet a Portuguese soccer fan who lives nearby and back in America. We'll, like, connect and we'll come back here and date and I'll fall in love. Who knows? Uh, could happen. Uh, so, Grandma, that's, that's all I'm going to say. We can take the rest of this offline. Um, another love life question from uh, Aaron. This came through on Instagram. Uh, Aaron is top shelf DIY on Instagram. She wants to know truth. Ooh, I didn't know we were playing truth or dare. This is exciting. Uh, truth. Do you aspire to be the next George Clooney, ineligible bachelor of the sports writing world? No. Like, that's the thing. You, once you hit over 30 and you're still single, people are like, oh, either that's by choice or you just can't get anybody. You know, you know what? No, they think it's by choice because most people assume, at least traditionally, that once you hit a certain age, you're going to settle for someone just to be with somebody. And that if you get into your 30s and eventually your 40s, and in Clooney's case, I think he got into his 50s still single, that it's got to be a choice, right? Like, I'm going to live that bachelor life. No one's holding this wild horse down. But that's not the case. Like, I've always told this to everybody. My grandma, my mom, you know, family members who want me to get married uh, yesterday included. It's not that I want to be single. Like, I love being single. I love my independence. I love being able to have the whole bed to myself, being able to watch Monday Night Raw for three straight hours and then smack down on Tuesday nights for two hours and not have to worry about a, a girlfriend judging me or making me want to watch something else. But... If the right person came along, I would give up that bachelorhood in a second. You know, I have enough friends that are in good relationships and, you know, starting with my parents who have exhibited the, you know, a great model for marriage for my whole life. Like, I see the benefits and the perks and just the niceties and the, and the loveliness of being in a relationship with someone that is a, a soulmate, if you believe in that kind of stuff. And so that's something that I would never say no to or just say that I'm not open to or completely closed off from. It's just that I'm not going to give up all the independence that I have, that I love, being able to go to the movies alone on a Wednesday afternoon if I want, being able to go to Russia for the World Cup for two weeks and just watch soccer and drink beer and vodka. Like, if I had a significant other that maybe wouldn't want to go on that trip, I wouldn't be able to just as easily snap my fingers and go. So, I do love having that element of my life. I would happily give it up and sacrifice and compromise for that special someone, but my standards are going to be very high for that special someone to clear. And there have certainly been women that have met, you know, that, I don't want to say like quota, it sounds like I have like a checklist of things that it just sounds so uh, systematic and robotic and that's not it at all. But, you know, then it doesn't work for them. I've had a lot of women that I thought could be potential loves of my life, but because I had to move away for jobs or because they decided they didn't feel the same way about me or they went back to an ex-boyfriend that they had, you know, history with that they wanted to uh, see where that went, you know, things fall apart. So, uh, no, Aaron, to answer your question, I do not aspire to be a George Clooney into my 50s bachelor. I would love to eventually get married. I would love to eventually have kids. That's all part of stuff. I, I, you know, I'm not saying no to anything, so I'm not actively going out of my way way to live this life that I have now, but while I'm here, it's fun. So that's going to conclude the love life section because uh, uh, we're getting very deep and very personal here. If anyone else wants to know more about it, or if you have a very uh, eligible single bachelorette in your life that you think this guy might be a good fit for, hit me up.
Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Mike Janella across all three. All right, let's move. Uh, let's talk some baseball. Uh, Crawdad's Corner, I'm going to call this section uh, because these are two questions about my time with the Hickory Crawdads. Uh, I was their radio broadcaster, a play-by-play guy back in the 2008 season. Single-A baseball, they were the Pittsburgh Pirates affiliate at the time. They have since become, I think, the Texas Rangers affiliate. But when we were there, it was, I think, the losingest season in team history. <laughs> Things did not go well. Uh, not a lot of great prospects on those uh, Pirates teams, as you can imagine, back in that point in time. But uh, this one from Kent Barlow, who I actually worked with there on, he was uh, in the front office for the Crawdads. He hit me up uh, on, what was it? Maybe it was Facebook, maybe it was Twitter, I forget. Uh, But Kent wants to know, what would one do to entertain themselves on a weeknight in Hickory, North Carolina? Hickory, North Carolina is about an hour outside of Charlotte, like northwest of Charlotte, going up into, I forget the mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains, maybe? I don't know. Uh, In western North Carolina. Uh, I did not just get shot, if you heard that. Um, A car just backfired. Um, Love it! Live podcasting outside in Jersey City. (laughs) Oh, this is amazing stuff. Um, Hickory, I don't know the population, but it's not big. As you can imagine, a town called Hickory, uh, like an hour outside of Charlotte, does not have much going on. But, oh, here we go. Population 40,000. All right, so it's not massive, but it's also not like a one-stoplight town either. Uh, the short answer is that I would do nothing, man. And minor league baseball, people think that or people think that working in baseball, period, is just you're there for the games and that's it. Uh, not the case at all. Like when I was broadcasting for Hickory, if we were home in Hickory, if it's a week now, we have a game. Like we had maybe Mondays off occasionally. But after a game, I've been there since noon or 1 p.m. and I'm there until 11, midnight, like wrapping up post-game. I'm going home, I'm freaking sleeping, man. Um, I remember we, that was the year the Olympics were in Beijing, and I love the Olympics. So I would go home, and this was dating myself here. I was actually like recording on VHS tapes because I couldn't afford DVR yet uh, in the apartment I was living in. So I would go home and like watch some Olympics, but I'd be in, I would be on my couch eating Oscar Mayer bologna single packs and drinking Gatorade G2 and just like watching Olympics, catching up on like late night TV or whatever. And just going to sleep because then you wake up and it's, it's gym, workout, laundry, and then go back to the field. And if you weren't in Hickory, you were traveling. Like, you'd be on the road. You would be, as a radio guy, you know, in, in a hotel in, I don't know, Kannapolis or something. And that would be your life. Like, just games at night, go to sleep, do it all over again. Baseball. If you're going to work in baseball, you better love the sport, man, because it's going to take all your time and all your free time away too, uh, particularly during the season. So, uh, yeah, not much to do in Hickory. Although Hickory Tavern, one of my top five favorite bars of all time uh, in that spot down there. Great place. So if you're ever in town in the in the wooden furniture capital of the world, I think is what Hickory's called, something like that. Uh, true story. Uh, yeah, go to Hickory Tavern. It's fun times. Um, Josh Featherstone hit me up on Instagram. Josh was actually my, uh, I guess, intern maybe? I don't know. Uh, I forget what our job title was for you, Stone, uh, back then. But uh, Josh was kind of like my apprentice, my Padawan. He would broadcast. I'd broadcast all the games, home and road. He would be my color commentator on home games and also get like an inning or two of play-by-play uh, back when Josh was an aspiring play-by-play broadcaster. Smartest decision you ever made, dude, was getting out of that industry because it is just hell on earth uh, with no guarantee you're ever going to really make it. But his question... 
can we have a three-minute analysis? I'm not going to be able to go three minutes of Brad Lincoln's uh, petty stash from 2008. Uh, petty meaning like he looked like a pedophile. Uh, Brad Lincoln was, I think he was like the number three overall pick by the Pirates when he got drafted. Um, I'm trying to look him up here. Again, I should have done research, uh, but what are you going to do? I like to go live. I like to shoot from the hip here. Um, yeah, Brad Lincoln was a Pittsburgh Pirates, like, huge prospect. Um, I thought Baseball Reference would have, like, his draft stats here, but no. Anyway, he was, like, a huge, like, touted prospect, and he had Tommy John surgery, I think. TJ, as the guys call it. Oh, he's got a Wikipedia page. Yeah, I should just go look at that. That should have all the information, right? Uh, let's see. Amateur career, yada, yada. Cape Cod League. Uh, drafted. See, scouts regarded him as one of the best players eligible for the 2006 draft. Fourth overall selection. Here we go. So, fourth overall selection in the 2006 draft. Then he had, uh, yeah, an oblique strain that ruined his 2006. Then he had Tommy John in 2007. Finally came back uh, in 2008. Yeah, Hickory Carter. That's where he was there. And, um... Yeah, he just grew this weird mustache. It just looked like a porn star, 70s cop uh, stash. And (laughs) my only thoughts on it are that baseball players are crazy, man, especially pitchers. But I can't blame them. It's a long season. Even in the minors, by single A, you're playing 140 games a year. You do whatever you got to do to keep yourself entertained. And if that's growing a mustache just to mix it up a little bit, go for it. I mean, why not? Some of the games these guys come up with in the bullpen, some of the the flirtation, uh, the, the interaction, the mingling with some of the fans, uh, whatever you got to do to make that season go by as quickly as possible and you know, while you're competing, I can't blame those guys. So, hey, Link wanted to grow a mustache. He did it. Uh, it, it sort of worked for me. He ended up making the bigs, you know, and he had a four-year big league career as I continue to look at his Wikipedia page here. Um, no numbers that are going to make him that, you know, Hall of Fame worthy. 9-11 MLB career record, 169 strikeouts, 4.74 ERA. But, dude, to make the major leagues, to get that far? Think of all the kids playing Little League around the country right now. And to make it to play for, he played for three teams, the Pirates, the Blue Jays, the Phillies, to get that far just to make it? Bro, grow all the mustaches you want. Congrats, Link. You did it. Sticking with baseball, but let's go to the bigs now ourselves. We're going to talk some Padres as I take a drink of water because I'm just talking for so long here. I feel like if anybody watches uh, that show Brockmire on IFC, Hank Azaria, he's like old baseball broadcaster who gets famous again because he has this viral podcast. I feel like that, just with a lot less whiskey. Um, Padres section. So, uh, obviously, I made it to the big leagues, too. Take that. Um, all you guys who flamed out um, hosting the uh, Padres Social Hour for the San Diego Padres uh, 2016 season. And uh, it's really cool. I still got to keep in touch with a lot of the fans from that show and that team uh, on Twitter. And I do love you guys. You know, give me all the shit you do for everything that you do. But it's a lot of fun. goes both ways. So, we've got some, uh, some Padres questions here coming up. First one. And these are all from, I think all from Twitter. Uh, Winton Brangman, and I hope I'm saying your name right, Winton, my guy down in the Bahamas, uh, Bermuda, not the Bahamas, in Bermuda. I always get those two confused. Um, so Winton's a big Padres fan, even though he's out there in the Caribbean. Love sports, man. That's what that shit does to you. I remember we had like a uh, Aussie Padre. He was a, a Padres fan in Australia who just fell in love with the team when he came for a visit and continued to follow them. Love that stuff. As a monster demolition truck is driving right onto my street 
Uh, I was wondering, there was like cones saying that my block was closed off today. I was wondering what that was for. And now I see a demo truck that you probably hear in the background. Looks like they're coming to tear something down. Just like we're tearing this podcast down. All right. Uh, Winton asks, when are you coming to Bermuda? I got nice weather, gorgeous beaches, and eligible bachelorettes. Well, Winton, wow, that's a segue from our last uh, or two segments ago. When I was talking about looking for some ladies. Uh, sounds nice, man. I mean, those are those are three boxes that everybody likes ticked when they when they want to visit somewhere or live somewhere. Um, Bermuda, there's the truck. Bermuda, that's the Happy Island, right? I think I see all their marketing campaigns, and I can see why with selling points like that. I'd love to go down there, man. Um, I love traveling. I got Russia now coming up, and I've got my brother's bachelor party in August. We're going to Vegas. And then I've got maybe another trip by the end of the year that I can't reveal any details of yet. It's kind of secret. So maybe not this year, uh, Bermuda, but I'd love to get out there. And, dude, when I'm down there, I'll hit you up. I'll DM you, and you better show me some of these great places, these best beaches, and some of these eligible bachelorettes because you're my tour guide down there, my Sacagawea. Um, So I'll hit you up. Uh, Oh, a two-part question from Winton. I forgot that he asked the second one. He says, no, but serious question. When are the Padres going to make the move to get themselves back in the hunt? They need that shutdown ace and another bat to complement Hosmer and Myers. Uh, When are they going to make the move? Winton, I don't think it's one move that's going to do it for the Padres, my dude. Um, I know the NLS is terrible this year, and the Padres are theoretically still you know, a winning streak away from getting to the top of that division, but it's going to take a lot more than one move, dude. Uh, you know, Honestly, I haven't kept up with the Padres as intently as I was when I worked for them, for obvious reasons, but just from what I gather, I mean, you're going to need better pitching. You're going to need more bat. You need a second base. You need a shortstop. You need outfielders. Will is consistently, I love the guy, but he's always knocked. He's always injured. And, you know, Hosmer's great. I think it's a, it was a great signing. You know, you can debate about the price, but you need those kind of winning culture guys. I know all the stat heads and some of these analytics fans uh, hate hearing this, but you do need good culture guys like build winning and share good habits. And I think Hosmer's a good guy for that. But, yeah, man, I mean, I see you know, guys like Villanueva who's having a good year um, or like what Franchi Cordero's doing with the strikeouts, though, but still like that light tower power. And you hear about guys like Tatis and the minors and, you know, the pitchers that are coming up, but the injuries they're dealing with. It's going to be a while. Like, I, I hate to tell you, Padres fans, but, you know, I thought maybe when I left that team in 2016 that, you know, contention by 2020, like maybe a wild card spot. That's still possible, you know, if things break the right way. But, yeah, you guys are going to be waiting for a while. I think it's going to be a lot more than just one move and and one ace to get that team uh, back in in serious perennial contention. Uh, Perennial being the key word there. Uh, Tom Hughes, also on Twitter, also from my Padres days, wants to know how close to Newark are you and when is your next trip to San Diego? Well, damn, guys, I'm about to get on kayak, give me the sponsor of this podcast, going to Bermuda, going to San Diego. Um, I assume you mean Newark, New Jersey, and not Newark, Delaware. Uh, Newark is, yeah, it's, I don't know, 20-minute Uber ride. Um, not bad at all. I can get to the airport in, like, 20 minutes. Easy. Um, so I'm close. And my next trip to San Diego, I don't know. I thought about going to San Diego last December. Uh, just to go back, I hadn't been back since I left, uh, which was like a year prior. Right around Christmas time, I figured it was winter here. I didn't want to get to some nice weather. But I ended up finding a dope deal to London for like 360 bucks round trip on Norwegian Air, which is a great airline, by the way. Another plug, uh, free of charge. And I love London. I love, love actually the movie. So I always wanted to be in London at Christmas time. So I decided to go there for a week um, instead of San Diego. But I would definitely go back sometime 
hopefully soon in the next year. Um, love San Diego. I, you know, I miss Phil's Barbecue. I miss, um, ah, what was the taco place? Oh, there was one right by the stadium. Um, but yeah, I mean, all the food there was just incredible. Um, yeah, I, the beaches, the people, um, I don't know. Just, I, I'll be back there, all right? I don't know when. I don't want to make promises. But, you know, Lolita's at the ballpark. Oh, I'm just thinking of all the good food now and all that stuff like that. Oscar's, I think, was the, was the taco place I was thinking of before. I don't know. Um, and the pizza, I mean, oh, so much, so much good stuff. I'll be back there. I'll be back there. Mark my words. I don't know when, but uh, San Diego, despite only living there for like nine months, uh, will always have. I was there longer than that. I don't know, 10 months, 11, I don't know, whatever. It was a little less than a year. Always have a special place in my heart. I'll be back there, Tom. Don't you worry. Also from Twitter, miserable Padre fan. <laughs> Didn't think there was just one. Uh, why was Mike D fired? Miserable Padre fan. You probably thought I wasn't even going to mention this on the podcast. Uh, but you're not going to get an answer. I don't know the answer. I don't know. Uh, they got rid of me before they got rid of him. So if you're looking for any inside scoop or dirt, I am not the guy to give it to you. Sorry, dude. Um, last Padres question. This one came to me on Instagram. This was a combo. Um, baseball in bikinis and I am Monica Mo, Ashley and Monica, two again. I don't want to call them fans because they're going to get mad. Like, we were not fans. We just, like, showed up. We're there for the players, not for you. I would say fans of Padres Social Hour, but um, two of the people that give me probably the most shit uh, on social media over the years, and I love them for it. So thanks, guys, for, for always keeping me on my toes. So uh, Monica was asking Ashley, hey, what should we ask Mike? Are there any questions you want to ask him? And Ashley goes, you mean, like, why he never let us sit in the chairs or got us anything for our birthdays when we gave him the best birthday presents ever? JK, I don't think she's really JKing. I think she was just trying to be nice. Uh, I'm more upset that we didn't get to meet Mark Paul Gosler and Snoop Dogg. All right. I want to set the record straight here on you know, a published medium. So people, everyone knows. Ashley and Monica would come to the show. So we taped those shows, for those of you who don't know, in the Western Metal Supply Building, which was the team store on the first level. So people could come in, and it was you were right there, public openness. You were just able to, like, stand on the rail, watch the show, see us live, whoever we were interviewing. It was great. So we would have guests, and Ashley and Monica would always want to come onto the set and either meet the guests or uh, sit in, you know, the chairs and watch from, like, the control center area we didn't have like a control room but basically when we would have vips so like when snoop dogg would come in his entourage would be able to get beyond where the public could and like be right up on the set or we would have giveaways or contests or guys would win guys or girls would win like fundraisers and then one of the prizes was to be able to come to the set and actually sit on the set not just next to the set and be able to meet like randy jones or whatever player we had on that day will myers like whoever it would be the reason I really got down in the chairs was that I never had the, the opportunity. Like, you want to make something exclusive. You can't just let everybody come down. I do have the regret, and this is something that was out of my control. I was planning that by the end of the year for, you know, the diehards like Ashley, like Monica, like Friar Free Fever, like Ghost of Ray Croc, that would come to the shows all the time. I was going to wait until, like, our last homestand and finally say, guys, surprise, come on down to the set come check it out maybe even come on the show like we'll get you some camera time that was going to be my gift to you for like your support and the loyalty and the amazing birthday gifts that you guys all got me like tony lasoya in there too um when i had my birthday mid-season 
But then the Padres got rid of me. You know, they cut me with a month to go in the season. So I never had that chance. I do regret that I didn't get to do it sooner. But the reason you never came on set was because we had to keep it exclusive during the season for all the people that were, you know, not paying for that privilege, but like, you know, competing for that privilege or whatever got them there. And then I was going to do like a nice, you know, fan appreciation episode at the end of the year. But the Padres, unfortunately, never gave me that opportunity. So, sorry, guys. Um, as for Mark Falk Osler and Snoop Dogg, I mean, we didn't do those live. So, you guys weren't there. Like, we did that because they were such big celebrities. And this happened a lot, too. Like, I know when we had Rey Mysterio on, a big wrestler, and Fire Fever was a huge wrestling fan and Padres fan. And he was upset that, you know, I didn't give him the heads up to come down and meet Rey. Like, those guys, we did a lot of those pre-taped. Like, we were live right before the games, for the most part, uh, we were live. Actually, we were live for every part. But whenever we would have a big guest like that, you know, Mark Paul Gossler didn't have time close to game time, so we recorded that at like 11 a.m. before a 7 p.m. start. You know, that was all like close set. Snoop Dogg, same thing. That's one of the most famous guys in the world. Um, so he came down with like an entourage of all his security and his people and his fans, friends, family, like whoever. A bunch of the Padres employees obviously were there because they wanted to be in the room too. But that was filmed like right after Mark Paul Gossel. That was like, you know, 11.45 in the morning. So no one was even there. We couldn't invite anyone because it was tight security and all that stuff. These are big time celebrities. You know, we were not, we were not pulling D-listers. These are, these are A-list world famous people. So you did it at certain times where... You couldn't, and same thing with Rey Mysterio. I didn't know we were getting him as an interview until like an hour before it happened. So, sorry guys, but you work on these celebrity schedules, and while I would love love to have you guys there for all of those great sightings, it just doesn't work that way. My bad. But again, I was going to give you a fan appreciation day, just never was given the chance. Alright, Potpourri round. I, I couldn't. I try to break everything up as we continue here on this uh, this fan engagement thing, and I'm having fun. Hopefully, you are too. Um, if maybe I'll do a future one. If you guys are digging this, hit me up on Twitter at Mike Janella, on Instagram at Mike Janella, on Facebook at Mike Janella, and give me more questions. I would love to just keep doing this, um, or email me Mike at MikeJanella.com. Do you get a theme here of how you can contact me? Because um, yeah, this is fun. I'm having a blast. And again, it saves me the work of having to. Uh, try and book guests, so a lot of fun. Ah, all right, gotta stay hydrated. Potpourri section, yeah. So I tried breaking these all down into different, like, similar sections, but these I couldn't figure out how to put them with anything else. So let's just get right into it. This is from uh, Billy Schoen. I don't know how to say your last name, Billy. I'm sorry, but at B S H O E N on Twitter. Random, but what is your favorite U2 song? He just asked me that straight up. Um, Interesting. I don't know why uh, that came to mind, Billy. I don't know if uh, you're a big U2 fan in general. Uh, I know the Americans on FX, our season finale just before, used uh, U2, uh, With or Without You, in the big finale uh, climactic scene. My favorite U2 song, it's not a deep cut, but it's, and I actually have one. It's not a deep cut, but it's not one of their, you know, it's not Pride or it's not With or Without You or Where the Streets Have No Name or Beautiful Day. It's not one of those, like, their, their Mount Rushmore of mainstream stuff. It's City of Blinding Lights. And that's like that's newer U2. It's not like Joshua Tree era U2 or whatever. But they used that, and they it was ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was definitely ESPN. They used that song, "City of Blinding Lights," for their commercials for the 2006 and 2010 World Cups. Here comes that truck again. Someone's getting their house demolished. And I, I, I just loved that song. And every time those commercials came on. 
I would get goosebumps. And they would time the chorus to like the fans going crazy and the player shots, you know, the World Cup, this, the World Cups together, like whatever the, the typical PR like marketing language is. And I was just hook, line, and sinker. And, you know, I downloaded that song back in 06. It was, I don't know, Kazaa, LimeWire, I don't know, one of those things I was still using. Downloaded that song and it became like my inspirational anthem, it became my workout jam, it became when I would wake up in the morning, I would set my alarm to it, it became like my anthem for a year. And it's always held a special place for me. And it ended up being used, I think, in Barack Obama's presidential campaign in 2007, 2008. So I've got good taste, man. If Barack Obama's using my favorite U2 song as his go-to campaign song, then I think I picked a good one. But yeah, short answer, City of Blinding Lights, my favorite U2 song. Gonna wait for this truck to pass by. Oh, it's a Portuguese construction company. Dope. Be supporting Portugal. Just a couple days. I hope you guys are too. Um, Mark Arpea on Instagram. Mark is the brother of one of my best friend's husbands. Uh, so Mark, uh, thanks for the question, bro. He wants to know, and for context, I used to work for Guinness World Records. I spent about five and a half years uh, judging records and doing a bunch of other stuff for them. And he asks, if you were to attempt to break a Guinness World Record tomorrow, and that's not, Mark, I just got to tell you, if you, the real terminology is a Guinness World Records title, because uh, Guinness World Records is the full brand name. So if you were to attempt to, to break a Guinness World Records title tomorrow, I just want to make sure I had all that PR training for years and years. I want to make sure that I'm still getting it right. Uh, which record would you try to break? People ask me this all the time. And there are literally tens of thousands of records out there uh, that you can break. But there was one that I judged once that I think I'd be really good at. And maybe I'll actually start trying to practice for it. Um, it's a little deceptively titled. So the record is called Most Tennis Balls Caught in a Minute. And when you hear that, you probably think, I'm going to throw a tennis ball to my buddy. He's going to catch it with his hands. And that's one. Goodbye, truck. Um, but in reality... It's, it's weird. So what they do is you have to put a bucket on your head. And these are like all the rules that I remember. Maybe they've changed, but this was you know a few years ago. You get a bucket on your head and you can hold it with your hands or you can like get a contraption to tie it around your head. And the bucket has to be a certain size and you have to be a certain distance away from your partner. I think it was 10 feet, something like that. And the partner throws the tennis ball and you have to catch the ball, not with your hands or with a glove or anything like that. You have to catch it with the bucket on top of your head. Weird, but go for it. So I always think because, you know, I'm very good at those kind of games. Um, beer pong, cornhole, you know, stuff where you're throwing something into something else from a not that far distance. I'm usually pretty good at that. And the record is 47 in a minute. So I feel like that's not even one per second. I feel like with some practice, I could, and with the right tennis balls and the right bucket, I feel like I could give that one a shot to try and succeed and break that record. So that's the answer. If I were to attempt to break a Guinness World Records title, uh, it would be most tennis balls caught in a minute. I'd be the one doing the throwing. Anybody wants to be my partner, uh, hit me up for that. Um, these next two questions, we're getting to the end here. Just only got three questions left. I wanted to not make this a super long podcast because, uh, you know, last week we did over an hour with Skylar Aston, and I don't want you guys to have to listen to that much of just me alone. So I'll try and wrap it up here shortly. Um, these come from the Brothers Phelps. Uh, so the first one, uh, Jeff Phelps asks me on Twitter. He is uh, the brother of uh, one of my good friends, one of my closest friends, John Phelps. Uh, Jeff asks... Do the typical contents of a city refrigerator 
differ from a suburban refrigerator, accounting for similar inhabitants of the household. Well, I don't know about that last part, because, you know, if I've lived in the city or the suburbs, I'm still just a single guy, and my shit hasn't changed. Uh, but Jeff, let me tell you this. Now, Jeff, I believe, has two kids, three? I don't know. Uh, but Jeff's a, a father, you know, married, lives out in the burbs. I don't know what's in your fridge. But Jeff, you want to hear what's in my fridge? Here's what's in my fridge. A gallon of skim milk, uh, 32 ounces of Chobani Greek yogurt, non-fat, uh, a bunch of seedless red grapes, a pound of baby carrots, a can of Smucker's jelly to go with my uh, peanut butter that I keep uh, not in the fridge, but I keep in the pantry, um, ketchup, and that's it. <laughs> that's my that's my whole fridge. I got nothing else in there. Um, I've got some uh, veggie burgers frozen in the freezer that I defrost. Uh, and right now, sorry, right now I have some leftovers from my grandma's 84th birthday dinner that we celebrated a couple days ago. Uh, those will be gone right after I, I finish this podcast. Um, but yeah, dude, I keep a very low-profile fridge. Um, I'm, I'm not a cook. I'm not a chef. If you guys follow me on Instagram and Twitter, you know very well that some of my culinary creations uh, will not be making it to Food uh, Network anytime soon. I can cook. I tell people this all the time. I can cook. Like, when I've dedicated the time before, I've made some tasty-ass shit. But I just don't want to dedicate that time the way my life works now. Like, I come home from a gig, and I just want to eat something quick, or I'm out, and I got to kill some time. Like, I'd rather grab a quick slice of pizza, or I'd rather, you know, microwave some veggie burgers, like I said, or I'd rather just throw some grapes and Greek yogurt, or I'll literally eat peanut butter and jelly with a spoon out of the jar. I won't even waste my time on bread. You know, efficiency, quickness, and, you know, calorie-mindedness, those are my three big tenets for food. If someone else, like I know friends of mine, I see, you know, I live with my brother and his fiance uh, for the moment. And, you know, I, I see them cooking and sometimes they take, you know, I know a friend who once like braised, slow braised uh, a pork shoulder for literally two hours after work just to eat it. And it was done in like 15 minutes. To me, that just makes no sense. That formula just doesn't jive with my brain the way that I, I prioritize my day and my schedule. So, yeah, after this, I'll honestly probably go eat some Greek yogurt and grapes and then maybe, uh, you know, some of that leftover chicken that I have. And then tonight, I'll probably walk to the pizza place around the corner and get two slices. And for four bucks and five minutes of my time, I'd much rather do that than go out and get all my ingredients and use a lemon zester and, I don't know, whatever the hell else you do, chicken mincing. I don't know. It's just, it's a lot. And I love food. I love eating. But on my day-to-day, I just consider it fuel. And then I save it for when I go out to eat or I'm with friends, uh, that's when I start becoming a foodie in terms of tasting things I like and and really experimenting and putting ketchup on cheesesteaks. So there you go. John Phelps, the younger Phelps brother, uh, wants to know, so this is on Instagram, I believe. Yeah, it's on Instagram. Uh, Follow him, at Senior Phelps. I took a selfie of myself, but both of my hands were in the frame. So, and and the picture that I took was, you know, me uh, deep in thought, like, hey guys, I'm doing an Instagram, or I'm doing a podcast where I need your help. So send me some questions and I'll answer them. Oh, we're getting windy out here now. It's getting a nice breeze. Uh, we'll see how nice my wind guard on my microphone holds up. But... He asked, well, who's taking all these pictures of you? Because you see both my hands, so I obviously wasn't holding it in like a traditional selfie fashion. And uh, the, que- the answer is, I got a tripod, man. Like, it's 2018, so you can buy all this stuff for super cheap. 
And yeah, I got a little tripod. That's how I set up all my videos and stuff too. Is it's a little, you know, pocket tripod really. And yeah, set up the phone and then I do a timer, a self timer. iPhones give you three seconds or 10 seconds. And I just set it up, I hit the button and then voila, 10 seconds later, I got myself a picture. Um, so there you go. And again, follow Singer Phelps on Instagram. All right, last question. Told you guys I'm going to wrap this up shortly and keep this thing close. Uh, this comes in, uh, fittingly, the very last question of my very first uh, listener mailbag comes from the very first guest in show history, Bobby Krueger. Uh, Bobby's one of my oldest friends. I've known him since 2006. Uh, we interned, yeah, 2006. We interned at the Winter Olympics that year, became roommates, randomly assigned in London, and now he's the dude. If you see me at any wrestling events, I go to WrestleMania, I post pictures, I go to like shows at the Garden or whatever. Uh, he's the guy uh, that you'll see in all the pictures with me. Uh, I got him hooked a couple years ago probably the worst decision uh, of his life because now he's just so into it and it takes up so much uh, hours and money from us. But anyway, Bobby wants to know, uh, why haven't you had Bobby Kruger on more? When will you have Bobby Kruger on again? How come you never did a WrestleMania recap with Bobby Kruger? Uh, well, Bobby, it's I mean, chill, bro. Uh, you've already been the first ever guest on the show. Bobby's also uh, an actor and a producer, screenwriter now. He's been on Billions. He was most recently on, uh, had a little role in the HBO Joe Paterno movie. Uh, he was on House of Cards, Money Monster. Uh, so he's been in a lot of stuff. So uh, he does have, you know, worthwhile things to talk about. But bro, you were also the first ever guest when I resurrected the podcast. I had to take the podcast off the air when I was working for the Padres, and when I came back, you were the first guest then, so uh, pump the grapes, Maggle, uh, trying to book the damn territory, and uh, leave, leave the booking to me. Uh, but no, Bobby will be on the, the show again, and the WrestleMania recap is just because I, I feel like some of you guys like the wrestling, but I would guess that most of the people listening to this are not huge WWE fans, so yeah, just thank me, guys, because there are people that want me to give you even more wrestling content, and I'm the ones telling them to chill out so you should be grateful and thankful that you don't even have more wrestling to deal with than what i, I already give you i'm looking out for you guys all right uh, but then bobby also asked when are you and uh and betsy struxness coming back now betsy if you guys remember i'm sure it's a very small venn diagram here but speaking of wrestling she and i host co-hosted a podcast all about wwe wrestler superstar roman reigns and we did that for a few months it was just all about roman every week we'd watch Raw and SmackDown and talk about uh, what he had going on that week. Uh, Betsy, uh, super talented, you know, Broadway actress, was in the original run of Hamilton, um, has done a bunch of voiceover work, a bunch of other huge Broadway shows. Uh, I think she's in Wicked, I think, Betsy. Oh, I'm sorry if you're listening, Betsy, and I already forgot your resume. But um, super talented and now, like, trying to get into photography and super talented photographer. Follow her uh, on Twitter. She's at B-E underscore S-T-R-U-X. And you can look up Betsy Struxness on Instagram, too. Um, funny you say that, Bob, because Betsy and I have actually been chatting. And uh, she just went to L.A. for a week or two. And then I'm going to Russia now. So we're, like, we're putting things on pause. But... We are debating what to come back with. Uh, we had to end that wrestling podcast uh, in a decision I completely 100% supported. Um, you know, after they made a, a very, uh, I don't even know what the word is, sexist, misogynistic, I don't know, uh, in, you know, in a lot of people's eyes decision to, uh, we're actually on the one year anniversary of Money in the Bank. Uh, last year, first ever women's money in the bank thing, and you have to get a briefcase from the top of a ladder, and they had a guy come in and grab the briefcase and give it to the woman instead of the woman getting it herself, and that outraged a lot of people. 
uh, justifiably so. And uh, Betsy just decided that she didn't want to uh, support a company anymore that valued that as something that they wanted to include in their storylines thematically. And I was totally cool with it. So that's why we ended that podcast. But now we're talking about, yeah, we got some ideas. We got some ideas coming up about what we might be able to do and link back up on because I loved working with Betts. Uh, it was a great time. So if you guys have any podcast ideas that uh, a weird media personality like myself and a successful uh, actress and producer like her can, can talk about, hit me up. Uh, all across the board, and maybe we'll have a, a new podcast coming to your, your feeds and your subscriptions in no time. All right, holy shit, I've been talking for like almost 45 minutes. I didn't think I'd get this far out of all these questions, but you guys are great. Thanks so much for sending stuff in. Again, I may do one of these uh, in the future. I, I liked a lot hearing what you guys wanted me to talk about, and we'll get back to our regularly scheduled guest programming uh, once I get back from the World Cup. But uh, until then, guys, thanks so much for listening. Again, tell all your friends... <coughs> As I got a cough because I have been talking for 45 straight minutes. Tell all your friends, um, Mike Janela Show, look me up, download, subscribe. It's super important. Get the subscription numbers up for me, guys. I'd appreciate it. And comments, leave reviews, ratings, but make sure they're five stars because I give you five star content. So you just want to be honest with iTunes when you review the podcast, right? Um, but yeah, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify. Why do I keep saying podcasts? Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. Google Play Music, Stitcher, all those fun places. And uh, again, follow me on social media if you're not. I'm sure you are. A lot of you that ask these questions uh, hit me up on social media all the time. But tell your friends, too. Give me a follow at Mike Janella all over the place. Also, make sure to check out MikeJanella.com for all previous episodes of the show you might have missed. We had a great run of guests lately. Skylar Acid, he's Jesse from Pitch Perfect. Massively do cool guy. Talked so much about so many different things. Uh, we had a professional, not a professional, but a full-time uh, Star Wars costumer. We had the writer from a writer from Riverdale, which is one of the hottest shows on TV. We had a really good run lately, so I'm sorry to disappoint you and just have me this episode, but hopefully you enjoyed it. We'll be back after the World Cup. You'll also find that on my website, by the way, intro, uh, info for the great outro music you're hearing right now. All right, guys, until then, Forza Portugal. Make sure you're watching Portugal on all the World Cup matches. I'll be out there in Russia. Hit, you know, Find me on social media because I'll be posting a lot of cool stuff, trying to have a lot of fun out there. And when I come back, we're going to have a lot more fun as the summer continues. Thanks so much for listening. I love you guys, and I'll do even better next time. See ya!